Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Currently in the aesthetic industry, it's, it is a time of just a booming market. Everything is great and wonderful and practices are really busy. And one of the things that we're really seeing and making a big difference is the buying and, and selling of aesthetic medical practices, which can be very complex, especially when a real estate transaction is also part of that practice sale. Today we have a special guest with us, Rod Johnston. Rod is with Omni Practice Group, a company that is a provider of practice sales, valuations, consulting, and real estate services specifically for the aesthetic medical practice. Rod, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Angela. I appreciate it. I look forward to, to talking with you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, Rod, before I get into kind of, you know, I have loads of questions because, like I said, it's such a such a fantastic time right now in, in all things aesthetics. And, and one of the things that has really, you know, really come to light in recent years has been, you know, many people are looking to buy and or sell a, a medical practice and you're the expert. So before we go into all the questions I have, I'd love if you wouldn't just take a moment to, um, you know, share a little bit about yourself with our audience and about Omni Practice Group. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I'm uh, from the Pacific Northwest up in uh, Seattle. I grew up actually right on the Canadian border in a small town. Um, and uh, people even sometimes claim I have a small ac- Canadian accent on occasion, so it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so I <laughs> and I uh, played a high school and some college sports, so I'm a pretty competitive person. Um, so I, I went to work for AT&T Wireless after I graduated and uh, climbed the ranks. I got my uh, master's in business while I was there, and um, I was everything from a started out as an accountant and moved up and became director of accounting, and then moved over to the treasury group and was the assistant treasurer there. Um, did a lot of uh, work on. Um, with different groups within AT&T. I worked on mergers and acquisitions, and I helped uh, raise uh, money for AT&T, and I managed all the uh, the money that AT&T had as well. And we had about $5.5 billion, so I um, helped, helped uh, take care of that money, which was, which was kind of fun. Uh, and then uh, AT&T Wireless uh, in early 2000s got bought out by Singular Wireless, um, and they gave me the opportunity to either move to Atlanta to be the assistant treasurer there or um, take a severance package. And I happened to be flipping houses and had my real estate license and um, was really enjoying that at the time. So I decided to, it's like, you know, I need a break from corporate world and like do something different. So I went out and just uh, um, bought houses, fixed them up myself and, and sold them. And that was going really well. And uh, I, I uh, always was looking at opportunities and um, I've researched being a business broker and, and coincidentally about that time I was doing research, I met a dentist um, who became really good friends of mine and uh, he wanted to, to, um, to also learn how to flip houses. So we worked on a few projects together and then at one point he said, Hey, do you think you can help me sell my practice? And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. There's like practice brokers. And he's like, yeah, they're, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. So, so that's how it got started, and then it kind of has evolved over the years and uh, and got into selling aesthetic practices as well. Um, 
So it's it's been kind of been 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 an exciting growth over the last jeez, uh, it's already been 15, 18 years. So it's it's been a while. So um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it, and it fits my background perfectly. Well, you know, I find it really interesting because I, for one, had never really thought about. You know, obviously, we all, for those of us that are homeowners, you know, we think about you know real estate agents and brokers within within that realm. And, you know, I had the thought about, you know, the companies that, you know, do help, you know, doctors, dentists, you know, any medical professionals sell a medical practice. But I guess I'd never really taken a thought about it going to that next level of when there's real estate attached to a medical practice. And that's really what I think makes your firm so interesting and special is that, you know, it is more than a practice sale and especially if there's, a building or some real estate attached to the medical practice, I'm sure that makes it just even that more exciting for you, given how much you enjoyed the whole flipping houses. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the two kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other because whenever you sell really any type of business, let alone aesthetic practice, um, it has to be located somewhere. And so it's it's either the the doctor owns the the building and the real estate, or there's a lease involved where we have to get involved with negotiating a new lease or uh, figuring out how to do the assignment of the contract and, and all those different things. So they kind of play play into each other quite well. What would you say are the, are the main reasons a doctor would, you know, elect to sell their medical practice? Yeah, um, you know, it, it, you you would think that it's typically just uh, they want to retire and then be done and and sell their practice, but uh, there's there's actually a lot lot more reasons, and it seems to be uh, getting more and more reasons all all the time. Um, some doctors don't just want to sell for um, because they're tired of, of managing staff, and uh, this seems to be more getting more and more lately. They, they're just tired of managing a practice. They uh, don't want to deal with uh, staff anymore. They don't want to deal with um, the insurances, credentialing. They don't want to work with uh, you know the, the real estate side. Just the whole whole business of running a practice. Um, you know, they want to be able to go home at five o'clock and and be done and and. Uh, play with the kids or the grandkids or go to a sporting event or something like that. So they just, uh, the ownership piece of it. And, and we're able to facilitate that. We help sell the practice and oftentimes they're able to, to work right back in the practice. Um, and another reason they sell is, and uh, this happens uh, probably maybe 10 to 15% of the time, is, is there's health reasons. A doctor, you know, they're bending over patients or, uh, um, you know, looking down at them all the time and they develop uh, back or neck problems or, or arthritis in their hands or carpal tunnel or things like that. So that uh, that gets to a point where they can't can't work on patients anymore. So they, they, they're kind of forced to sell at that point. So um, that happens quite often. And then, then of course, uh, retirement. Um, 55% of, uh, 50% of doctors are over the age of 55 right now. So um, they're kind of getting to that point in their careers where they're they're ready to to call it good and and uh, retire and um, you know they look at their financial situation and uh, the potential tax increase next year and those types of things and they just said okay Rod help me sell my practice and move on to the next chapter. So, so yeah, there's many many reasons why why a doctor would sell a medical practice. Um, 
Now, and and most of the reasons tend to be, you know, they're not. This isn't kind of something you, they just wake up one day and think, oh, I want to contact Rod and start my my medical practice today. You know, I think. Right. Right. You know, these even the you know the unless it's a, an injury, you know, a, a sudden injury, these things that I would imagine, you know, it takes a while before they they get to the point of thinking, you know. I really, you know, want to do want to sell my medical practice. But what would you say, you know, for the typical physician, you know, is how long in advance do they generally begin thinking this way or how long is it recommended they begin thinking this way in order to have a, you know, successful result? Yeah, no, that, that's a, a great question. That, uh, and a lot of things go into that uh, decision, you know, with the economy the way it is, uh, or at the time they they make that decision, so you have to, a lot of factors go go into place. But um, quite a few doctors wait too long to decide to sell their practice. They think they can get it done in a you know six months or a year or even a year and a half. And um, you know it kind of depends on timing on on how long it takes to sell. But it typically does take a, a, a couple of years, probably a year to two years, to sell an aesthetic practice. Um, so we always recommend that they they. They plan ahead. Um, they should start looking at their transition about five years from from when they really want to sell. Um, they should uh, get get together with someone uh, like myself or a CPA and um, take a look at their finances and how much they think they they're going to need to retire. Uh, just to start thinking ahead instead of waiting until until it's too late or um, the numbers start to go down, which which is quite often the case. We, we get calls from doctors to come look at their practice. And, you know, five years ago they did 1.5 million and and now they're doing a million. So they lost uh, potentially $100,000 of equity because they, they should have called us when they were 1.5 million. They could have, could have sold their practice then. Um, and we could have found a place for them to, to work and continue to be um, to do aesthetic um, work, um, but uh, at the same time, they don't have to practice anymore. So, so typically, we, we recommend uh, at least five years ahead of time. Yeah. You know, that makes sense because I, I think just in general business, you know, that is kind of the rule of thumb is you want to make sure that you, you know, when you are thinking to the future of selling your regular business, that you do want to make sure that you have experts who can come in and look at what you have, what you're doing, and show you, where or how you can improve to get, you know, the better sale in, in the future. So I, I imagine you, your firm does that type of thing also. Uh, yeah, yeah, we take a look at the practice, and um, if you're about five years and three to five years out, you can give us a call. Uh, we can come and take a look and, and do kind of a analysis of your practice to see what the numbers look like, make some recommendations on what you can do to, to – uh, to increase the value of the practice. Um, in practices, the values are really tied to the cash flow of the practice, so how profitable they are. So we look at things like uh, what's your staff look like, what are you paying in rent. Um, maybe at one point you had a huge practice and you uh, you leased 10,000 square feet, but now your practice has shrunk a bit and now you really only need 4,000, so we might help you um, uh, figure out a way to reduce the size of your, your footprint of your, your building that you're in or um, sublease space or figure out a way to get that cost down so we can really um, take a look thing, at things. And, and we also offer a, what we call a snapshot valuation. 
So we look at your last couple of years tax returns and maybe some production reports. and <clears throat> We can quickly give you an idea of, uh, of what the value is of your practice. Um, and, and surprisingly, surprisingly on occasion, uh, uh, the doctor will share that with their financial planner and the financial planner will be shocked and like, oh, well, if you can get that much out of your practice, you can retire now. So um, that's a, nice that, that's thing. a, a number of times. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a pleasant surprise. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Now, you know, earlier you mentioned about, you know, when we were talking about the real estate aspects of, of which, of course, I you you have you know I think you're a broker yourself and you have brokers on the team um, and but then you also mentioned you know obviously not every practice you know not every doctor owns the building as well and so for them you know perhaps it's a lease negotiation um, can you kind of just explain to our listeners how Omni works with both of those scenarios you know the physician who is a tenant versus a physician who is the building owner. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about Omni is we not only sell the practice, we also license commercial brokers as well and specializing in, in medical real estate. Um, so if a doctor owns the building, uh, we would sit down with them and, and ask them some questions to see if they really want to continue to own a building, um, you know, manage a be, be a landlord and get calls in the middle of the night or um, things like that. And we also go over some stories where we've had um, practices we've sold and the, the the doctor decided to keep the building. And then two years later, the the new owner of the practice decided that they wanted to own a building, but the doctor still didn't want to sell it. So the the tenant bought a building down the street and moved the practice. And so now you have a vacant building that's specialized as a medical um, practice. And those tend to be just, I mean, a lot, a lot of those types of spaces are, are primarily for medical. And uh, it might take a year um, to get the space leased out, depending on the area and the economy and those types of things. So there's some things to look at when you um, own a building to make a decision on uh, whether to sell it or keep it right now the Real estate values are quite high in, in a lot of places, so so it might make sense to sell. So it's, we just sit with the doctor and decide what to do. And we can also do a 1031 exchange into maybe an apartment building or a higher income producing uh, asset so you can make more money in retirement. And then if it's a leased space, uh, we look at the contracts. Um, you know, there's lease assignability clauses in the contracts and we need to figure that that part of it out uh, there might be a teardown clause in the contract which says that uh, um, the landlord has the ability to tear the to give you a one-year notice to vacate and then they can take your space and, and they can tear down the building which uh, I had a practice a few years ago that we were trying to sell and um, put it on the market and then uh, we went to talk to the landlord about renewing the the lease and getting a, a new five-year lease in place and he said no no i'm tearing the building down in the area he's like i'm not renewing any leases so his practice value went way down because there's there's no place to to practice because he's going to tear the building down so his practice i think was worth a million dollars i think we ended up selling it for like three hundred thousand. so 
So it costs them a lot of money. So that's one of the things we look at when you're planning ahead is let's take a look at the lease and make sure that you can assign that at some point as well as uh, um, have a have a renewal, um, re- a new lease so that uh, you can go out at least five years. And the banks require the term of the lease to be at least the same as the term of the loan. So if it's a 10-year loan, then, then the lease needs to be 10 years as, as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you kind of talk about just, you know, some of the physicians you work with who are choosing to sell is because of, you know, business issues, you know, and I, I know many of the doctors I've interviewed or I've met have worked with, you know, they go into medicine because they want to treat patients. They don't really want to be business owners, but they right. are, you know, they become small and large business owners, and, and that's a lot, you know, it kind of... Um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, and so I can see why there might be some burnout after a, a few years. Right, Especially, right. If, like you said, you've got a lease, and the landlord's going to tear the building down, and there goes your business. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we're just a little bit over halfway through the show, and I have loads of questions, and uh, you know, but I would like to just ask, you know, in a nutshell, back to the, like, what is the best type of practice to sell? Like, what kind of practice commands the highest dollar, you know, in the in the ultimate sale. Yeah, um, yeah. The, again, the the value of the practice is is the profitability. So the the best um, practice that would give us the give the seller the highest value would be a practice that uh, has uh, their overheads under control. They're they're still growing. Um, <clears throat> their production numbers are up, and they haven't gone down at all. Um, that's Kind of the opposite end. That's the worst type of practice to sell because banks look at those and like, well, why why is the practice going downhill so fast? And, and so they don't like to see that. So really, the, the you want to see the numbers uh, at least being steady, if not increasing, in the practice. Growth is always good. Banks love that. Buyers love that. Um, but then the, the profitability is also the, the most important. So that's why when we do our analysis, we look at the practice and say, okay, you might want to you know cut back here or or maybe you're you were overstaffed at one point when you're doing two million dollars, and now you're doing a million dollars, and but you still have the same staff levels. So maybe it's time to let somebody go and <clears throat> make those hard decisions. So, um, but yeah, really, it's all, all about the profitability and the production, the practice. And then, and then for our listeners, you know, who are just you know new to this um, kind of process. Just kind of, you know, briefly, can you explain how OmniPractice Group, you know, like what, if a physician called and said, you know, I'm really wanting to, you know, work with your company and, um, you know, how would how would you work with that person? What can they expect? Yeah. We start with an initial phone call with the, the, the doctor and kind of find out their, their timing and what their needs are. Um, and then uh, we we have a list of required documents that we need. Uh, we'll start with evaluation of the practice. Um, we'll email that over to the doctor, um, which, which is a list of like we need five years tax returns and profit and loss statements and and uh, some production reports and those types of things. So we'll finish the valuation uh, usually within about 10 days. And then we'll, we'll come out and meet with the doctor and his uh, spouse or her spouse and um, We'll go over the valuation with them and, and uh, take pictures of the practice, those types of things, and decide on, on what price we're going to uh, put the practice on the market for. And uh, once we agree on that, we go back. Um, 
we put together a, a really professional business offering or a practice prospectus. It's about 40 pages long. Um, tells everything about the practice, the demographics of the area, the staff, um, marketing, profitability, the, and just a lot of different things about the practice in the surrounding area. Um, and we outsource that to a company that professionally does that. Um, then we start marketing the practice, and um, we, we try to put it uh, listed everywhere we can, but we keep it confidential. We won't put the exact location or name of the practice or anything like that in the ads. We'll we'll just say uh, practice for sale in in L.A. or we'll just keep it very generic so they can't figure out whose practice it is. Um, and then uh, we we list all the national websites and a lot of state associations, uh, mergers and acquisitions sites, uh, biz by sell, and, and other places. And we send out letters too to potential potential buyers too. Um, then when the buyers call us, they sign a non-disclosure agreement which says they can't mention the sale of practice to anyone but their own advisors and and uh, own inner circle and, and things like that. So they're they're not supposed to disclose anything to anyone else. Um, and then they're, if they're interested in the practice, we, we show them the practice ourselves. Um, so we come out to your practice and um, so the, the doctors don't have to do that. They can just let us do that. But often they want to be there too and, and that, that's fine. So we allow that. Um, and then we talk about the, the practice with the buyer and, and opportunities to grow the practice, talk about the staff, location, um, different things like that. So, And then if they like the practice, the next step for the buyer would be to submit a letter of intent. And uh, that's just a non-binding uh, agreement that says, uh, you know, the, the buyer likes the practice and they want to take the next steps, uh, which would be to do due diligence in the practice, um, which includes going through charts and, and uh, practice management system and x-rays and, and everything that, that is in the practice. So. Um, and then we, we negotiate a little bit on the LOI, and we do that on behalf of the seller, um, which is another point. Uh, our, our brokerage represents just the seller. We don't represent both the buyer and the seller, which is what some of the other brokerages do. Um, and then after the, the due diligence is done, we've got, they've gone through the charts, um, then the the buyer moves forward. Um, they get financing in place. Uh, the seller has their attorney drafts the purchase and sale agreement and then the buyer has their attorney review it and then they negotiate back and forth for a couple of weeks um, and then the buyer has a whole list of things to get done like uh, get insurance credentials and set up their corporation um, they might have to set up health insurance and things for the staff and things like that um, and then uh, and then we we close on the sale so and then the sail off into the sunset and do whatever they plan on doing retirement or or if it's a health issue they can they can uh, go take it easy yes. well 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 it's very comprehensive i really like you talking about what, what sounds like you're kind of part of a national advertising network and so you really can work with physicians all across the country for the most part and and offer to buyers and, and sellers just about in it, all over the place, which is fantastic. You know, I think a lot of people think, you know, they've got to sell to somebody local, which might not necessarily be the case. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, the buyers these days can range from a, you know, an individual who might want to own their own practice. There's small groups who who own, you know, just a small group of maybe five 
practices, and then there's some large groups, uh, corporates out there buying up practices, and and private equity companies that are looking for opportunities to, to get into uh, you know the aesthetic uh, medical field. So it just kind of d- depends um, on the location, and but, but yeah, there's opportunities for all, all different types of of buyers. It doesn't have to be the individual locally, um, which there may not be anybody like that. So. So it just kind of depends on the practice, and and we're we're in network with with the group, uh, the merger network, mergers and acquisitions network, and all the private equity guys and the corporates use that to to look up um, practices for sale, and then we have an email blast that we send out as well to all of our buyers. So uh, we have a pretty good network going of of uh, potential buyers. Um, for our listeners, I know who are currently thinking about selling a medical practice. Are there any tips you would like to share with them? Yeah, if uh, if you're thinking about selling, there's a couple things you you should consider doing. Um, one is to to, to get a, a quick snapshot valuation, so you kind of set a line in the sand of uh, where you are today, um, you know, and, and then show that to your financial advisor, CPA. And, let them know that this is part of your retirement. And, and, and a lot of doctors don't use it as part of the retirement. It's just kind of a bonus, but the, it, it's at least something that they can show them and say, yeah, if we sell it, this is how much we can get. Um, and then uh, and then also have us do kind of an analysis of your practice and look at the staff overhead and the uh, different aspects of the practice to see if um, there's something that needs to be kind of realigned and adjusted. Um, you know, in the practice itself, the aesthetics, I, I would – Avoid if you're like a year away or or less or even a year and a half, two years. I would avoid buying any major equipment. So don't go out and spend three hundred thousand dollars on the latest and greatest piece of equipment because you won't you won't recoup that um, quickly. So so uh, you can't add that on top of the the value of your practice. Um, we've had that happen quite often where they think, okay, well the value's Five hundred thousand, but I just bought this piece of equipment for two hundred thousand, so I should be able to add that on top. And you really can't; it's it's just the value is what it is. So, yeah, um, yeah like when they start buying the car, right? The minute you drive, the minute you buy a new car and drive it off the drive off the, you know, away from the the yeah. the, uh, yeah. the dealer, it's already the decreased lot, yeah. by several thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then for a doctor who is interested in buying a practice, any tips there on what they should be looking for in a practice that is for sale or anyone who is looking to buy a medical practice? Um, yeah, I, I would, uh, similar to the value of the practice, uh, you know, buyers have different goals, just like buying a house. Um, some house buyers want to buy a house that's just ready to move in and you don't have to touch it at all. And other buyers, uh, house buyers want to buy something that they can fix up and make their own. Um, so the buyer has to kind of decide what they want to do, and then and then get in touch with someone like ourselves and get on our list of, uh, of prospective buyers, and and we can help you, guide you, and locate a practice for you. Um, and then when you do find that practice, uh, do your due diligence and and take a look at profitability as well as opportunities for growth. Um, and and the other big thing that the buyers often do is they'll they'll turn down a practice just because it's it's not that profitable you have to you have to look at the big picture and say okay it's not profitable because it's overstaffed i can quickly fix that or because it needs uh 
updated equipment, you can fi quickly fix that. So kind of no, no ways that uh, you can quickly Im improve those types of practices. Yeah, that all makes all makes perfect sense. Now, you know, you'd mentioned, you know, earlier just how that, you know, it seems like there's definitely a, an uptick in 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 practice sales, um, you know, which kind of goes hand in hand with the age of the medical profession professional, you know, and the the increase in that age group. Um, is are you finding increase decrease? Is it remaining the same with you know the doctors that are preparing to sell their aesthetic medical practices, or are you guys just as busy as the real estate market is right now? Uh, yeah, I would say we're we're pretty close to being just as busy as the as the residential real estate people. I think uh, people came out of COVID for one thing and, and said, okay, I, I don't want to go through that again. <laughs> you know, let's, yeah. let's sell my practice and, and, and be done. And then the other thing that's kind of uh, done, um, helped us uh, increase the, the volume is is uh, potential capital gains and income tax increases, increases coming next year. I think doctors are looking at that, and, and and no one knows what that's going to be at this point. But it's got a little fear of uh, you know, the tax consequences possibly going up. Um, and then the age factor of uh, 55, 50 percent of doctors are over the age of 55, so they're just kind of realizing they want to coast into retirement and not just pull the plug all of a sudden and be done. They, uh, like I mentioned before, a lot of doctors still want to to work uh, with patients. They just uh, don't want to manage the practice, so. So they're just ready to to sell now. Yeah, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I you know you're kind of a, a I hadn't really realized of how you know there was such a a marriage of medical practices and real estate, if you will. And so I personally don't know of that many companies in our aesthetic industries that do what you do. Um, but I would like to ask, you know, as a last question, is for those you know doctors that are looking to sell a medical practice. What would you say is that sets Omni Group apart from, you know, any other companies out there potentially? And uh, tell me a little bit about your staff. Uh, yeah, um, we, we have a unique situation. where We have a, a really good diverse team in place here. Um, a lot of brokerages are, are just uh, brokers or, or former salesmen who are just wanting to, to help sell a practice or a business. Um, but we're pretty diverse. We have a, several. We have, I think, two CPAs on staff. We have five five doctors um, in our group. We have a couple people who used to run a, a group practice. They were they were the, the, the regional managers for a group. Um, let's see, we have uh, a, a former executives on staff and some HR and human resources people. So if there's ever any question uh, about any of those areas within our group, we can quickly call each other up and, and uh, get an answer. So that, that really helps. Um, the other thing that sets us apart is we're very hands-on. Um, I, I know some brokerages, some, some doctors that we've listed practices that were listed with other um, brokerages before, and we flew out and, and showed the practice ourselves. We met with the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Wow, I had my practice listed with somebody else for three years, and they never once came out." Um, so we we come out and do all the showings and and meet with the 
the uh, the owners and and get to know them. So we're we're very hands on. Um, and then the other big piece is the marketing. We we try to market everywhere we can. Think a potential buyer would think about looking for a practice. Um, you know, other other brokerages put it on their website and state association, and they're done. We probably come close to probably 15 to 20 different uh, places we advertise the practice. So we really go do a great job of marketing practices and, and getting them sold. You know, and that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So for, for uh, physicians out there who are looking to, you know, be involved with the buying or selling of a, a aesthetic medical practice, Rod, what is the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can reach out to me in a, a couple ways. They can uh, certainly email me. Um, my email is rod, R-O-D as in dog, at Omni, and that's O-M as in Mary, and as in Nancy, I as in Ingrid, and then a dash, and P as in Paul, G as in Gary, dot com. Or they can call me uh, uh, anytime at my office at 206-979-2660. You know, Rod, I had so many questions for you today, but we are just about at our time level here, and so I would love to invite you back as a guest you know, in the future as uh, on another show because I'd like to continue our conversation. <laughs> Um, no, I appreciate well, that. I was just, just getting started. Thanks, Angela. I I, that's how I feel. I was like, oh, my goodness, i got so many questions. <laughs> and I, I know our listeners are like, hey, Angela, what about this question? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I would love to have you back on again at some point in the future. But for, for today's show, thank you so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio, and I really look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks for having me, Angela. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.